0: Welcome to another episode of Ready Teacher One. I'm Adam Mangana.
1: And I'm Ryan McLaughlin. And with us tonight is Kingston Lee Young, joining us from Sydney, where he is the CEO and co-founder of Verdi. Kingston, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We're excited to chat with you.
2: Yeah. G'day from Australia. I
1: have to say that, don't I? For sure. Our American <laughs> listeners will expect you to say things like that periodically. Um, yeah. Kingston, tell us about Verdi.
2: Yeah. Um, So Verdi is a virtual reality and 360 content platform. Uh, We started in 2016 um, and yeah, very early on in the piece. Um, And over, I I guess the the time that we started, we're really looking for for how we can add a lot of value. Um, And what we started to see uh, was that there was a lot of help really needed in the education space uh, even sure. though virtual reality and, and 360 can be used across a number of different industries uh, we really loved uh, what it could do to, to help education. Um, I guess the, the founders we, we haven't got an education background we're tech guys uh, but we're all young parents and we're starting to sort of go through that whole schooling system and and just sort of seeing look you know what what tools you know, that are out there, and we're seeing lots of different tools, uh, you know, how these can really help change the school system.
1: That's tremendous. How did you personally become interested in uh, immersive technologies like VR? Was, was there an experience that you had that made you think like, okay, this is the next big thing? Or, or how did that happen?
2: Yeah, look, I, I think it's just, um, you know, being in the tech game, you, you're constantly looking at uh, what's coming. Uh, and what are new things. And so when, yeah, when virtual reality first sort of hit with the Oculus, and I guess it's, it's been around for a little while, um, but the, uh, I guess the excitement, the, the idea of what you can do in terms of uh, being able to escape into a different reality or, or visit a different reality without leaving, you know, wherever you are. Uh, I mean, that, that romantic idea is, is, you know, really quite lovely. Um, and so it's always one of those texts that you want to keep an eye on. Um, and certainly there's a, there's a lot that's sort of coming. Um, but we, we kind of fell into it because of, I guess, like most people, uh, the cohort that you're with. And so my co-founders and I, we, we, we just kept talking about it. And then we said, look, this, this could really be a thing. So um, let's, let's see if we can solve a problem uh, and the particular problem at that point, and, and I guess it's still quite uh, relevant now is um the tech is so new there's so many different moving parts it's just a different way of thinking about things and so our challenge was how could we make it as easy as possible to use um, how do we get it to as many people as possible so that we can then uh, let them discover you know how good it is
0: and and it seems like your focus is on education uh what are some of the solutions that you have for our education uh, listeners out there that are excited about learning more about Verdi?
2: yeah well what we ended up doing was um we partnered with as many uh, educators as possible so every time uh you know we went to an education conference we started meeting up with uh you know teachers or you know uh, pedagogical experts or you know learning designers um, and we actually ended up building our platform around the feedback that they gave us and so uh the verdi platform is primarily a, an edtech platform um, and so we're focused on on schools and universities, uh, adult learning, corporate education. Um, and so I guess the you know the the cell of it is um, it's all cloud-based. Um, so it's easy to use. We've made it uh, from a user's perspective um, as as simple as possible. Uh, there's no code required to, to create a story uh, or an experience. It's all click and drag. Uh, so the hardest thing really is about understanding the concept and then trying to work out what sort of experience you wanna create. Um, and so a- along the way, um, you know, we've been working with uh, schools and, and piloting a lot of projects uh, to show teachers uh, and, and school leadership, how it could actually be brought into the whole school curriculum. Um, So we're not saying that this will replace the curriculum, but in actual fact, it should be seen as an additional tool um, to to then bring to life particular learning areas uh, to bring to life curriculum. Um, And then the amazing thing that we're sort of starting to see with it is that we can actually start to document that process of learning uh, from a student's perspective uh, and help give some of that analytics back to teachers so that they can kind of see what's going on in the classroom.
1: Very cool. Say more about uh, some of the analytics that teachers would be getting back from uh, the use of Verdi's platform in the classroom.
2: Yeah. Yep. So I know that's uh, it's an interesting one right now that sure. lots of teachers certainly in Australia are thinking about yeah dashboards or Um, What sort of analytics can I, can I bring in, especially with those maybe schools that are a bit more focused on uh, assessment. Um, But okay, so I I guess the, the the platform, you you know, for those who are out there that have seen uh, Google tool creator. um, Recently just uh, decommissioned and I guess moved away from uh, by Google. So the Verdi platform is is similar to that in terms of it uses uh, 360 degree um, videos as well as photography uh, to then create uh, worlds that you can then um, teleport around. You've got interactive contact markers that then you can add, um, again, a whole plethora of of content in. So you can have uh, images, you can have video GIFs, uh, links to external YouTubes and websites. Uh, And then you've got that ability to create all of that as a, as a content creator, and then you can share. And then for those that are viewing, they can view on any device. So there's not, uh, it's quite agnostic. So you can, you can view it on any uh, iPad, tablet, uh, mobile phone, um, computer, uh, or if you do have a a headset, um, some of the Android headsets. Uh, we're, we're currently optimized for, but you know, in, in terms of development, we're moving forward towards um, integrating with Oculus and, and the Vibes. But coming back into the assessment, I guess um, the really interesting part is that we want to hand the platform over to students. So we don't want the teachers to be necessarily creating a lot of this stuff and then handing it over to students to then view. So we want an active participation of then saying, you know, and what we're seeing in, in the best classrooms uh, that the teachers are going, okay, well their responsibility is about the curriculum. Um, what's the lesson plan? How do we bring this in? And then they set a bit of a challenge for the, the students and then the students will go through and they'll they'll start creating um, projects using the Verdi platform that then brings together all the knowledge requirements or, you know, the challenge requirements that the teachers have set. Now, along the way, those assessments, we can track pretty much everything within there. So, uh, down to student ID, how long have they actually spent in the platform? Um, how many different scenes are they currently creating? Uh, you know, once we start getting into that, are they creating a story? So a storyboard is really important to the whole setup of any sort of thinking about the experience. So, um you know i guess at the more advanced areas it's really incorporating some design thinking into the whole process and saying okay well how am i going to build this whole experience for my particular end audience and so jumping back then to the assessment um you know are the students employing just a simple um linear narrative are they starting to bring in some sort of branch narrative is it moving more towards a, a bit of a choose your own adventure And what that then starts to show, I guess the teacher or the results is how how complex or how deep uh, the students are really thinking uh, about that experience and what that journey is. Um, The next level down is then looking at the content markers. So once you're in a particular scene, how many content markers uh, would you like to have in there? So um, you've got a marker, the viewer will click on it and then it reveals content. Uh, so it could be an image, it could play a video, uh, it could be a voiceover with a video uh, or, or, a you know, a voiceover with an image. And so then it's about, well, h- how many different pieces of content has the student actually placed within that environment? Um, have they really thought through the placements of those? Um, Again, some of the initial research that we've been working with a particular school is, is trying to work out, yeah, um, how sophisticated these projects are um, and, and not just based on the, you know, how much they like the tech, but actually um, how much of the story they want to put into this experience. And so interestingly, we've actually found that the, the, the girls in the class um, have actually added, um, you know, more content markers than typically the boys
1: interesting huh that is super
2: interesting
0: kingston what do you think um where do you see the biggest pain points for our educators particularly now like you know we're we're in this you're in this context in sydney where we're back in lockdown do you see vr do you see the potential for the ability to have school in the metaverse can we can we replace the the checkerboard of faces in zoom school with uh, a a pl- a platform like Verdi, and 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 does Verdi have visions of becoming its own metaverse? <laughs>
2: um, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, look, I I think definitely Verdi is set up so that you could do that. Uh, so I know that there is a trend towards uh, virtual schools, um, cloud-based schools. And the, the platform would be uh, ideally suited to to any school or, or curriculum that, that wanted to just go online uh, because, you know, really all you need is a device and an internet connection uh, and then you can be off and running and, and you can be creating and sharing um, very easily. Um, in terms of, yeah, uh, us ambitions in creating our metaverse, no, look, I, I think we we really work well with other partners. So building in with, with other things, we see ourselves as a, as a tool um, and, it, you know, it, we're very realistic in terms of saying we don't want, uh, well, we don't think it's right for students to be 100% in, in our platform and that's the sole place of learning. Uh, we think, you know, a sort of multimodal approach and, and, and having some sort of that virtual and physical is quite important, uh, but if you do head, head into the virtual space, then we'd certainly love to be that tool. Um, a lot of the challenges I think going forward is is just about training and education um, from a, a a teacher's perspective. So similar to the the corporate world, um, you know, everyone's been thrust into this idea of digital transformation and changing the way that we do things. Um, I think education is is probably fallen behind uh, quite a lot in terms of yeah. the way that they're educating. Um, so. It's it's about trying to start from you know as early as you can, um, changing the um, the way curriculums are potentially brought to life, changing uh, university sort of education or you know teaching um, degrees, and, and bringing technology in. Um, and once once you get that comfort level and and that base foundation, yeah. then. So, you know, being handed a, a platform like Verdi should be pretty easy. So, uh, so we are finding a lot of the younger teachers coming out of uh, university can pick it up really easily. Um, it's it's the the ones that may be a bit more structured in, in traditional ways that are finding it difficult.
1: I was going to ask you about that, Kingston, because I know, you know, here in the United States, um, I think a lot of educators are sort of uh, once bitten, twice shy on a lot of ed tech initiatives, you know, and, and I can attest to that in my own career. I've seen, you know multiple waves of the tech that's going to change everything quote-unquote right that uh you know it will sometimes last for a semester last for a year at most teachers get tired of using it it's not making the impact in the classroom that it promised to make we move on and then you know to your point the younger teachers will come in and get excited about the new tech and the older teachers are like nah forget it I, i've been told these lies before What is it about uh, immersive technologies, in your opinion, that that make it different this time? Like, what do you say to, uh, I'm sure you have the same thing in Sydney where, you know, you have skeptics, right? Skeptics in the classroom who have been there for decades now and and who they've got this. Thank you very much. They don't need your help. What do you say to folks to, to convince them that, hey, this time's different? This time, the technology actually will change everything.
2: Yeah, I think like most pieces of technology, it, it really needs a, a sell story uh, and a bit of a plan in integrating into schools. And so I, I get it from a, uh, you know, uh, burnt teacher perspective where it, here's a piece of tech, uh, you've already got, you know, a uh, thousand and one things on your plate, and now you're expected to learn the tech and run it and... and understand how to use the tech appropriately with the learning area and then with the students and so so i think you know a lot of that in terms of the haste of trying to get it in has, has been you know setting it itself up for failure because it's always quite difficult so we, we spend a lot of time and and uh, even though we've been around for a number of years now um, you know we're still learning um, the the biggest part for us and what we're focusing on right now is is about um, the pedagogical aspect of it. To go, h- how do you use it? How does it, um, uh, I guess, add value to learning styles? Um, what, you know, ha- ha- how do you create a curriculum that uses the platform as a part of it, but not the solution for it? Um, and so that's that's the, the, the challenge right now is, um, going, okay, well, say languages is, is an interesting one that we've been working on right now is is how do you teach uh, language? Uh, obviously, you've got a number of different um, particular um, requirements underneath, you know, um, say for the Australian um, curriculum, um, there's, there's particular requirements for different stages of, of students and as they go through the years. Um, rather than saying, okay, well, the whole, whole class is going to be Uh, in virtual reality or in 360, um, go forth. It's actually, where does it come in uh, to add the value at the the right point to then help you get across certain messages or certain learning areas? Um, So, for example, when... um, you're covering um, a particular language and you're covering the cultural aspects of it. So you're doing a little bit of background. So wouldn't it be great to then teleport yourself to a particular city? Um, so going. Um, so we, we worked with a, a school in South Australia, Athelstone, um, where we were piloting this um, with a, a year five Italian class. Right? Oh, so wow. uh, year five, that's uh, under 11, 12 uh, year old students. Okay, Um, And so they were able to, at a particular point of the lesson, then um, go to to Rome, and they were able to visit the Colosseum, they were able to go down particular streets. Um, Now, that that was then a particular part of that lesson plan, which was talking about, yeah, um, the geography, the cultural aspects, just to give context to the actual students. Um, And then separately, they were obviously learning uh, the particulars of the language. Now, then later on down... Um, that particular um, you know course of the of the term they started to bring a lot of that together, so the language started to then be brought together with um, locations with also then other interactions um, and so it it kind of formed a bit of a tool at the start uh, to solve a problem but then towards the end it actually became that sort of multimedia uh, type tool that actually brought a lot of the concepts together, which then help the students produce a project, which then sort of showed uh, potentially how much they'd actually understood the concepts.
0: Kingston, um, for our more technical listeners, what percentage of your business is creating 360 content and what percentage of your business is working in uh, building computer generated content? Um, And do you guys work in a particular game engine? are you building in Unity and Unreal? Uh, Are you, are you, you know, writing lines of code yourself? What, what is, what does that spread look like for our really technical listeners that are excited about what you're talking about?
2: (laughs) Yes. So, so I guess for, for some of the uh, uh, highly technical um, immersive tech um, um, listeners, I guess the, the sad part of it is we're, we're based on a 360 degree uh, idea. So using 360 degree um, videos and uh, photos, we can import 3D generated um, worlds and, and, and I guess files into our platform. Uh, but we made a decision fairly early on that um, democratizing the experience was probably more important than really trying to, to cover all aspects of of what a virtual you know world could be so um, so we are based on uh, equirectangular file formats of, of photos uh, and we can also take videos um, we, we are three degrees of freedom um, so you can you can look up look around, Um, all around, but you can't actually move forward. You can't jump up and down. You can't interact. not,
0: Not six degrees of freedom.
2: Sorry. Yes. Six degrees. Um, now I guess the way that we get around that is with more of that gaming type narrative of interactivity. You've got teleport markers where you can jump around. Um, you know, we took a little bit of lead from, you know, Google maps and street view where, you know, you can just sort of move around. So in creating uh, your world, there's a lot of options there to, to give yourself a great experience. Um, but in terms of uh, speed of creating, it's actually really easy. Uh, in terms of cost to produce, it's actually also, again, a lot cheaper. Um, and then accessibility for pretty much anyone, again, it's a lot easier. So, um, you know, we can, I can brief in and, and train a classroom and a teacher in, in the matter of an hour. And they're often running building their first virtual world.
0: And
2: they're doing that with a 360 camera. Correct, correct. So we we also have a library of content that we've been collecting. um, And so you can just jump in and and access uh, our content as well. We've got um, markers in there. We've got content, 360 content from all around the world, uh, as well as uh, projects and content that have been donated by other creators as well. Um, and so you, you can you can use their content or if you do have a 360 camera, you can go out uh, and film your own, easily upload it into the platform and then you're off and running. Um, so, so I've created a, a project uh, for a school as a demonstration, you know, in the matter of about 15 minutes. Wow. Um, and then you can, I can share that with uh, anyone in the world uh, through a URL link. And then if you do have a headset, you can put it on, um, and view it in, in, in a virtual reality type aspect. Or you if you just have a, a, a flat screen device, you can view it in 360 mode. Kingston, I think you've touched on something really important. And, you
1: know, Adam and I have talked a lot about, uh, pedagogically speaking, the importance of not just giving children experiences, but having children create experiences. And so you know, super excited to hear you talk about um, students actually creating things themselves in a very short amount of time. Um, I'm wondering, who's, who's your target age? I know you mentioned, uh, I, forgive me, it was it E5 is, is the grade that you mentioned? Um, are you primarily looking at primary schools or secondary schools in the mix there as well? Who's your target audience?
2: Um, yeah, it's, it's probably the sweet slot would be middle school. Um, so we certainly are f- quite conscious as to, um, how to, uh, how young students should be. Uh, I guess, um, you know, we have had conversations about early learning and, and sort of kindergarten. So, um, you know, students sort of coming in, but I, I think, you know, for those, they're really about, um, experiences. And so having that on, on a tablet or on a computer, um, students uh, are I guess the younger and younger they are they're they're more digital natives and so they understand that whole uh, swiping or looking around and clicking Um, and so that experience I think um, is suitable of just viewing uh, externally onto a 360 you know in a 360 experience when it comes to maybe putting a headset on or actually creating yourself I think from about yeah that year five uh, age 11 upwards um, they start to get the concepts a little bit more uh, and they can create uh, a little bit more autonomously. Uh, obviously within each of the classes, you're gonna have those that pick it up a lot quicker than others. Uh, we find that uh, pairing up students in, into you know, uh, twos or, or a group of threes will then help because they can start to also discuss uh, not only just you know the platform, but also the work that's required and the content that goes into it. And so we, again, we sort of find that whole pairing process of, of collaboration at the same time as creating uh, in the platform, you know, quite um, quite useful. Um, as it goes up to it, um, just purely because of, you know, the, the way schools work, um, you know, that we sort of see is, as you get into the more senior schools, you're focused a lot more on assessments and tests and and graduating. So that middle school area is a really nice sweet spot where, um, again, they're, they're old enough to really um, think about what they want to do. Um, we really want um, students to be, uh, I guess, more creative. Um, and so the, the whole idea of, of rather than um, telling students to remember content and um, retain knowledge um, is, is I guess, for, for us, not what we want to do here. It's not just copy and paste in. It's actually trying to create an experience and think about that um, and and um, you know, do it in a way that's really easily accessible and and, and quite fun as well. Um, and so for Australia, uh, year nines um, is is that sort of age group that we're sort of looking at, um, uh, which is probably about that 15, 16 uh, year old sort of age, um, or actually probably about 15. Um And so again, you know, they can work autonomously. You can give them a 360 camera. Um, They can go out and they can film and shoot and they can produce and they can bring that content back uh, and they can create something, you know, quite easily. Tremendous.
1: Kingston, tell us a little bit about uh, the VR scene in Australia. I think, you know, you're the... uh... You're the first guest we 've had on from uh, down under, and our listeners are super excited to hear I think just a little bit more about the exciting things going on there i I know a little bit just through connecting with you and some other folks on LinkedIn and other social media platforms but uh, for those that don 't know what's what 's happening in Australia these days in immersive tech
2: yeah yeah, so look i think it's it 's similar to most countries around the world, you know um, immersive tech is still um, you know, growing at it, but it's, it's still a very small part. So in the, in the malls, as you go through, um, you know, the first point that most people come into contact with it is, is either through, you know, Google maps or through those gaming, um, entertainment type, um, sure. um you know, equipment and you'll, you know, jump in, you'll pay, you know, $10 and stick yourself into some sort of game. Um, and then you're riding a roller coaster or you're, you know, defending against aliens and that type of stuff, which which I think is great. You know, it's it's a f- first part that you want to make the tech fun. Um, the challenge from there, however, in the education space is that that context of VR and 360 being about entertainment only and an experience uh, is, is probably one of the challenges, certainly in Australia, that we're, we're finding that we don't want teachers and and leadership to to think that oh this is this is all about gaming and and students are just going to have fun and they're not really learning so so i guess there's a there's a core group of 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 schools and and uh, innovators uh who, who are really sort of pushing that here in australia um but again yeah look it's it's still um a bit of a hard slog sort of going through and certainly COVID has been quite challenging because yeah people are then sort of just thinking about you know, running the school and running classes um, and, and uh, not really thinking about how this type of tech could really, uh, you know, be used as an opportunity to, you know, move a school forward.
0: Well, Kingston, this is incredible. We, uh, we've reached the part in the show where we jump into the Furious Five. And so I'll yeah. turn it over to Ryan to, uh, to dive on in.
1: So Kingston, during the Furious Five, we ask you five questions that don't necessarily have anything to do with what we've been talking about tonight. They're just kind of fun, get-to-know-you questions, sort of end the show on a high note, uh, on a lighthearted note. Um, We encourage rapid-fire answers, so, you know, feel free to just kind of keep it to a couple sentences at most. Uh, Without any further ado, what is the best TV show or movie that you've seen recently?
2: Oh, I say a uh, movie would have to be Tenet. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit like Inception. Um, you have to pay attention. Uh, and I actually cheated because I watched it at home with the subtitles on. So I could get all the information.
1: <laughs> love it. Love it. Second question. What's the best meal that you've eaten
2: recently? Oh, um, I, I came across uh, on a trip to Canberra. Uh, I came across a Afghan restaurant um, and I hadn't had Afghani food before and it's kind of a a, yeah, a cross between um, yeah, Middle Eastern uh, Indian and then also sort of uh, Asian type foods. So there was dumplings as well as curries as well as um, you know noodles and, and bread. So it, it was really quite interesting, a bit of a melting pot.
1: Uh, That's fascinating. I've not had Afghan food either, but you know, you think about geographically them being the uh, the crossroads of civilization. There, I guess that uh, that melting pot definitely makes sense. I
0: lost the bet on the Vegemite there, uh, Ryan. So no, (laughs) no no Vegemite. I I had Vegemite for
2: breakfast, Adam. Oh, nice. Of course, of course.
1: Um, on that note, question number three of the furious five, uh, you know, our American listeners tend to think of Australia as being a place filled with dangerous animals. And of course, you know, a huge part of that is growing up watching Steve Irwin on TV and what have you, um, what animal in Australia should our American listeners actually be afraid of that? Maybe we don't know (laughs) about right
2: now. Yeah, look, there's, there's actually quite a lot. To, uh, to be afraid of, um, and they're, they're all very real. So I guess for, for those that are traveling in the, the northern parts of Australia, when you see the signs that says crocodiles do not swim, um, I would definitely um, you know pay attention to those signs because uh, even if you've only got your ankles uh, in the water, the crocodiles can come out at a very fast speed and grab you. Um, I think around the rest of Australia, I'd, I'd have to say, you know, something like, um, yeah, well, you know, love the beach. So, you know, blue bottles, um, blue, blue bottles are sort of like jellyfish, uh, similar to like jellyfish with a really long stinger on it. Um, oh, and so certain parts of the summer when you're out swimming, you know, they, they can sort of roll in with the tide. Uh, and when they sting you, uh, yeah, it's really quite annoying.
1: Is it, uh,
2: I, I mean, potentially fatal or just uh no that, that, that one's okay. probably um, um just annoying but the uh, the box jellyfish again from the northern parts of australia i mean that one is fatal you know that a sting okay. from that you know within a couple yeah. of hours you could be dead
1: wow and you mentioned the crocodiles you know i uh i grew up in florida where we of course have lots of alligators but alligators you know are really only dangerous if you're a small dog right like obviously you don't want to go swimming with one but you know if you're just walking along the the shore of the lake um you know your pet chihuahua is probably at a lot more risk than you are but crocodiles take down fully grown human beings all the time right that's they don't even think twice about that
2: yeah 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 Uh, definitely yeah you know there's there's always a story um you know if you're in the northern parts of australia um so the yeah, northern territory where you know there's some sort of uh, croc incident with a human okay thank
1: you for confirming all of our worst fears about australia
2: <laughs> yeah. we appreciate that question
1: four of the furious five who's a, a thought leader that our listeners should stop what they're doing right now and make themselves more aware of be it through um you know following them on social media or or watching a ted talk or reading a book by them who's who's a thought leader that we need to know about right now
2: yeah yeah definitely Um, i'm going to be a bit biased here and and um i'm going to say associate professor erica southgate from the university of newcastle um she's in the department of education there and we started um yeah, talking to Erica quite early on, she's been very instrumental in in really leading and guiding um, how immersive tech can really work uh, in education and change the way that um, leadership can look at education. Um, She's got a a really lovely website called uh, vrschoolresearch.com. And we actually partnered with the the university and with Erica uh, to to, to research how our tech is really being used uh, in schools uh, and, and what those affordances are and what the you know the right outcomes are. So she's doing a lot of research into that area uh, and, and writing papers. And I believe she's got a couple of, uh, she's got a book and also a couple of chapters in a book from North America that she's currently writing. So uh, I, I think one of the, the more interesting and forward thinking uh, academics in this space. That's tremendous.
1: The last question of the Furious Five, we like to call the contrarian question, and it's really Adam's question. So at this point in the show, I always turn the mic back over to him. Adam?
0: So if, uh, Kingston, if someone were to say to you, hey, I would like to start a school completely in VR, right? There is this pandemic that's, that's resurfaced in Australia. Everybody is shut down. What would you know to be true about that endeavor that other educators and other tech leaders might disagree with you on?
2: Yeah, well, I guess if, if you're at that point where you wanna be uh, setting up a school, I mean, the the truism would be that, that it is possible, that you, you don't have to go to school for all the other um, educational reasons, uh, because through online and through, um, you know, I guess our platform, um, the concept of space and time. Um, You can go backwards in time. Um, You can uh, visit all places around the world. uh, So you can get a a much more immersive experience when it comes to education. Um, You can also create projects uh, that um, you couldn't physically do um, in a a school environment. Um, I would say you'd go to school in a physical form for, for other reasons um and and that sort of human contact is is more of a social uh, human being type aspect um but yeah if you wanted to create one uh, a school which is uh, fully online and virtual uh, the ideas are limitless in terms of how you can um really bring people and students from not only just you know the the area that you're in but you could have students from all around the world uh, jumping on uh, and experiencing that um, and then it doesn't have to really then come down to age as well. So wow. so you can actually look at people at different learning levels and start to group them together. So them.
0: Does, well, does Verdi have any designs on, on uh, creating uh, more of a social platform where folks can be in the platform simultaneously consuming, uh, you know, Rome together and talking about it together?
2: Yeah, yeah. So last year in in COVID, we actually created that. Uh, it, it's called our uh, collab uh, feature, and so um, you, you can actually it's like a guided tour experience. Uh, and we were working with um, a, a group out of Spoleto in in Italy, uh, who who created uh, a, a really lovely um, experience, uh, you know, for schools and also around um, World Environment Day. Um, and so you can take that guided tour of, of someone leading the experience and having uh, multiple students all seeing each other um, and seeing their avatar within an experience. And so you can explore spaces together. Um, so, so definitely that's uh, that's a, a available and, and uh, can be used. Uh, in terms of the social aspect, one of the things we're really working on and we're, we're trying to encourage um, is, um, yeah, certainly that sharing aspect of um, getting, Uh, students or teachers to create projects and then um, donating them uh, as sort of content that other people could look at and use and so uh, a lot of the fears from the beginning were if I create a project it has to be you know Hollywood-esque it's got to be Oscar worthy it's got to be polished Um, but you know we kind of see it more like YouTube where um, you know any content is great content um, you know, see that, um, you know, it all has different form and function. Uh, it really comes down to that creator, uh, and what they're trying to do with it. So we're certainly working on, on building our community of, of sharing, uh, assets and content and, and ideas, um, across schools. Um, and we'd really love to have actually pairing up schools from, from different geographies. So imagine uh, a year five school learning, um, I guess about culture in the world, and then pairing up with a school in the U.S. Um, and and that Year Five sort of class is also then learning about Australian culture, um, and then that potentially the ideal scenario would be the students would be creating content for each other, and yeah. then going, um, you know, this is what this is what Australia is like, and then this particular area, and then sharing that with students uh, in the U.S. American students would know to stay away from the crocodiles.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Kingston, uh, you mentioned coming back in time. We appreciate you coming backwards in time to us this evening. Uh, you're 14 hours ahead of us in Sydney, and so um, we know that this was uh, this was an endeavor for you. Thank you so much for, for speaking with us and for taking the time to share more about Verdi. Um, it's just been such a pleasure chatting with you. Where can our listeners, if they want to know more about Verdi, where can they find you guys online or on social media?
2: Yeah, so if you jump online, it's uh, verti.io. So that's V-R-T-Y.io. And again, you know, we're on uh, Facebook and also LinkedIn. Thanks so much, Kingston. We look forward to speaking with you again soon, I hope. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on the podcast. Um, And yeah, hopefully I can get to come back again. Awesome,
0: awesome. Excellent. Thank you so much, Kingston. Have a great evening.
2: You too. Thank you. Take care.